0: So these weeks we are having a a sermon series on the whole subject of prayer. We're looking uh, at our morning services on sort of headings. This morning it's prayer and the Holy Spirit and how the work of the Holy Spirit and, and prayer go hand in glove together. And at our evening services we're looking at some passages from the scriptures where we see revival and tonight we're looking at revival in the book of Judges at our evening services later on. Many of you will be aware that last year I had the real privilege of visiting uh, South Korea, uh, traveling right up to the border with North Korea. The the purpose of of that visit was to meet with uh, people who had been uh, in North Korea, who had been, uh, well, who had been in concentration camps and who had been persecuted for their faith but had somehow managed to escape from North Korea and were now living in South Korea. But one of the the other aspects, and it was like a a, a bonus uh, to everything by way of visiting South Korea, was to see something of the prayer life of the church in South Korea. Different parts of the church across the world have their own strengths and also their own weaknesses. And I think it would be fair to say that the church in South Korea has so much to teach us about prayer. And it was quite by accident that I find myself in a conversation with a Presbyterian minister who leads a church of about 500 members. So in South Korean terms, it's not a very uh, large church, but every morning they have a prayer meeting. They have a prayer meeting from 5 a.m., It is 7 a.m. And every morning they have around 250 people from their congregation that come to the prayer meeting. Now that's a fairly high percentage and it's a fairly early hour. Uh, Quite by accident as well, we um, came across a a prayer conference where in a particular community, uh, a number of churches had got together and had simply set aside three days to pray. And there were 3,000 people at the prayer meeting whenever we walked in. It was the first time I'd ever walked into a prayer meeting that had that sort of numbers at it. And then, of course, uh, South Korea is famous for its prayer mountains, where, where churches have, have literally built little huts on the sides of mountains for people to go and to spend time to pray in. And often a, a, a church at the top of the mountain that is dedicated Uh, only for prayer. Uh, And there will be prayer gatherings that happen on those prayer mountains. Prayer and and the Holy Spirit being at work, go hand in glove. As you look at the Scriptures, it becomes impossible to separate or or, or divide these two things out. I'm going to read a, a passage from John's Gospel as our reading this morning, and there's Just one verse in that that I want to take as as my text. It's a very well-known Bible reading. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone, that whoever believes in him, may have eternal life. This verse eight that I want to use as a as a sort of a a backcloth or a a banner behind or or a text for what I want to share this morning. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from. Or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It is important in church life that we serve well, that we work hard. It is important that we have structures in place, that we do things in an orderly fashion. It's important, so many things are important when it comes to, to the life of a, of a local church. But at the end of the day, what we're about is the work of God. And it's God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, that brings life, that releases blessing, that gives salvation, that makes people aware of their need of Jesus, that leads to repentance, that instills faith. It's the work of God's spirit that brings transformation to an individual's life, or the life of a local church. And prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand together. For example, just before Pentecost happens, the lead up to Pentecost, we read in verse 14 of Acts 1, all these with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They're waiting on the... Coming of the Holy Spirit, but what? How are they waiting? They're not playing Scrabble. Instead, they're praying. Then in Acts two, the story of the birth of the Church. It begins with verse one of Acts two. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. That same day, a little later on, verse four, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So. Here you have the Holy Spirit falling on the church and that releases a spirit of prayer, a wave of prayer as they pray in other languages to the Lord God Almighty. Same day, a little later in verse 41, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. A pretty good day in the life of any church. Uh, And you have the work of the Holy Spirit and prayer coming together. One commentator has written this about those verses. For all ages, the laws laid down here at the birth of the church, that the power of the Spirit must be prayed down from heaven. The amount of believing, continued prayer will determine the amount of the Spirit's working in the church. Direct, definite, determined prayer is what We need. And that continues as we move on through the book of Acts. The church is praying, and prison walls are shaken, and some of those who are being held in prison who are followers of Jesus are released. Acts 6, the church in leadership makes a key decision in verse 4 but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry. Of the Word. The story continues as the Holy Spirit is poured out in chapter 8 of Acts, accompanied by prayer with the laying on of hands. Prayer, and whether it's in an, in an individual's life, or the life of a local church, or the life of a community, or the life of a nation, prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit go hand in glove together. As we continue through the book of Acts, you find much prayer and evidence. And where you find much prayer and evidence, you see the Holy Spirit moving in the lives of people, in the lives of cities. Sometimes a whole cities has been impacted by the preaching of God's Word, in the lives of families, in the lives of communities, in the lives of people groups. The old hymn, Breathe on me, Breath of God, fill me with life in you that I may love as you have loved and do what you would do, is a prayer I think we would do well to pray really regularly and to pray often. Prayer prepares the way for a move of the Spirit, prayer prepares the way for a work of God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's God's work, it's God's way, it's it's a mystery and it's in the hands of God. But our task is to pray. People come to Christ when the Holy Spirit is at work and the Holy Spirit's at work when people pray. People are convicted of sin and turn to Christ in repentance. When the Holy Spirit is at work. And the Holy Spirit is at work whenever people pray. The Holy Spirit, he's, he's a person. He's God. He's not some sort of just influence. He is God himself. We talk to the Holy Spirit. And that's prayer. We listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Better than any textbook. Better and any how-to-do manual. And there are some great books that have been written for the church today, how to set up small groups, how to share your faith. And, and they're all great, and they're all worth reading. or Well, not all of them, but uh, some of them are worth reading. I'll correct myself there. But at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who is our guide, who is our instructor and the one who brings life. And it's wonderful if you look back over your own life and recall how the Holy Spirit has led and guided you, you will be really, really encouraged. Sometimes we don't stop actually to to look back and to, to remember how we've been led and guided by the Holy Spirit because that would actually encourage us to move forward if we were to do that in an intentional sort of way. A church every so often needs to do that as well. When we had loads of vandalism around our buildings here, one of the things that we felt that the Holy Spirit said to us to do was to pray that God would put angels on the walls, quite literally. And we literally walked around the walls, and there were a lot more of them back then to walk around, and we walked around the walls, and we asked God to put angels on the walls and then when we had kids climbing onto the, the roof of the church at one stage, we thought we'd better ask for the angels to be put onto the roofs as well. And we did. We, we, we were led and guided by the Spirit, prompted by the Spirit in those ways. When we were thinking about how can we begin to make initial links and contacts with individuals in the community, the, the, the idea of give, giveaways came, came about. And we, we spent years doing all sorts of, of giveaways, And and then one Sunday morning we had people visiting us and they they shared how they'd had, I think it was a dream or a a word about this being a church without walls and that was already a a thought that that some of us had had spoken of and were aware of and these complete strangers walked in one Sunday morning. They they were guests of parishioners who were actually in church this morning Uh, and this word about us being a church that would be a church without walls. When we were wanting to see God move in and power and, and bring healing, we were led and guided by the Spirit to actually take healing out from this building and beyond this building to the streets in all sorts of ways in all sorts of incredible ways. God has led and, and guided us as a church by His spirit and, and all of those times of guidance were birthed in in prayer be it a a a prayer you know on the go on the on the march as it were or or a prayer that was birthed in the secret or a a word of guidance that was birthed in the secret place of prayer in our own relationship with God the Holy Spirit brings to life the word of God as we open up the Bible and, and read it it's it's the Holy Spirit that makes that word live to our hearts and live to our lives. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in dreams. He speaks to our inner thoughts. Uh, I, I sometimes have dreams. Uh, I go through wee seasons of having dreams. But the problem is I can't remember them in the morning. So I've got a, in those seasons to keep a bit of paper and a pen uh, next to me, and, and, and beside me in bed. And, and often there's something significant in, in those dreams. God speaks to us through prophetic words that he gives us for others, from others, for us, words of knowledge. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and prayer, the the two are so interlinked as to be impossible to actually dissect them or separate them in any sort of way. Tongues is simply a, a prayer language that God gives us in order to be able to to, to, to pray when we run out of words, when we're in a circumstance or a situation where words fail us. We can pray with a language that we do not know or understand. The Holy Spirit impregnates us with the living Word of God as we read the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit will bring to recollection and to memory His, His Word. Paul wrote, in 1 Corinthians chapter two: "Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we might impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit go hand and glove together. Prayer is about our relationship with God. It's about spending time in his presence. Paul prayed for the church at Corinth. At the end of his second letter to the church at Corinth, he said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. His prayer was that that church, that young church, would not only know the love of God, that they would not only know the ways and the purposes and who the Lord Jesus Christ was in his death and in his resurrection, but that they would also be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, he said, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, be like-minded. The Holy Spirit brings refreshment. He brings substance. He brings intimacy to our prayers. So when you pray, invite the Holy Spirit to come and to teach you to pray and to inhabit your praises and to inhabit your prayers. Prayer will lead to the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. He will bring refreshment to us. We will get to be filled again and again and again by the Holy Spirit as we ask to be filled in prayer by the Holy Spirit. Paul said to the young Timothy, don't neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you, practice these things, immerse yourselves in them so that all may see your progress. It's good, it's right that we should invite others to pray with us, to lay hands on us, to to pray that God would impart his spirit to us, that we'd be filled again and again and again with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Paul encourages the young Timothy to develop the gifts for ministry that God has given to him and to develop those gifts through prayer. We're to pray into the ministries and into the gifts that God has given us. That's why we are spending these 50 days praying into the ministries of this church. Paul Yongi Cho, in a book that he wrote many, many years ago on prayer said this, as we teach Christians in Korea to pray, that the church may be built upon a solid biblical foundation. The spiritual gifts addressed in 1 Corinthians are not ignored. The way to develop spiritual gifts and manifestations is to be dedicated to prayer. Prayer will cause the differing gifts of ministry to work together and not work in competition. Prayer will develop the motivation of love, which will keep all spiritual gifts and manifestations in proper order. Prayer is the answer he tells us. As we pray, we will become more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. And then surely as we become increasingly more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence and power, we will pray even more. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth we read in John 4 or John 6 it is the spirit who gives life the flesh is no help at all the words that i have spoken to you are spirit and life so this morning as we come to church and as we go out in a few moments you will often hear people say well, you know i really need to know god's guidance and god's direction Read your Bible and pray. Pray, and the Holy Spirit will lead. Or (sighs) folks will sometimes say, you know, I feel so dry, and God seems so, so far away. Some intentionality about how we pray just might address that for us. Or or we sometimes will say, you know, I, I read the Bible, but I find it so hard to understand well then ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and understanding to you as you pray so that we can gain access into the very presence of God. I think sometimes we want it all quickly and we all want it sort of suddenly and we want it all right now and that's in some ways good, but actually the work of the Holy Spirit and the life of prayer It's a work for a lifetime and the task of a lifetime. We're to pray not just for 50 days, but we're to pray for all of our lives, for all of our days, and for all of our years. It's a lifetime work, the work of pursuing God in prayer, the life of being filled and refreshed, and guided and equipped by God's Holy Spirit day by day, year by year. Studying the Scriptures as we pray and allowing God's Word to to shape who we are and to determine what we become. As we learn to worship and as we uh, pray and worship and worship and pray, we allow the Holy Spirit to come and to transform our very lives and to equip us, to be those that speak into the lives of others and bring healing and, and blessing and significant to others. Paul Yonggi Cho, in that little book, and I'll finish with this, he tells a story of how he overheard one day his, uh, one of his sons saying, well, I'm not going to need to pray the way dad prays. He spends so long praying. Uh, I'm just going to get on with life because, well, I'm well-educated and, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm something else. And the older Paul Yonggi Cho sent his son down and this is what he said. Now look at your father. Once I was dying of tuberculosis. No doctor could help or cure me. Also, look at your father. He was so poverty-stricken. He could not afford to go to the hospital to receive treatment. Look at your father. He had no formal education. That that stopped after his first year of high school. He has no high social position, no famous genealogy. And as a common person, he has nothing to brag about. You have no natural thing to brag about, your father. He has no money, position or education. Yet as I have depended on the Lord, looked at what he has done for me, you discover the secret of my life. I poured my heart out to the Lord. I depended upon him. By the help of God, I educated myself. I read every book that came into my possession. I studied diligently, praying all the way. Now by the grace of God, I am what I am. Then he said to his sons, Sons, if you depend on your own strength, education, and natural wisdom, you will sink into the mire of this world. Do not be arrogant. Learn to depend on the Lord. After speaking to my sons in this manner, manner, I had assurance that they not only heard me, but understood the implications of what I was saying. Their attitude changed as their countenance after realizing the importance of total And complete dependence on the Lord. That's what prayer is. Total and complete dependence on the Lord. Let's pray.